in this episode of the Long Live the Bay podcast, I am going to be going over the Rule 5 draft and who the Giants should look to protect as they get ready for the 2022 season. Welcome back to the Long Live the Bay podcast with me, your host, um, Lofton Lechner, and we're going to go right ahead and jump into what is the Rule 5 draft, because this is still something that is fairly new and not everybody might everybody might not know what it really is about. So the Rule 5 draft, um, it came around in around 2015, and it was done by the MLB in an effort to kind of get more of the top prospects out of the minor leagues and get them onto major league rosters. Because what we have seen from teams before is they will manipulate service time and, and do it in ways to where they don't have to put you on the major league roster, on the 40-man roster, And so by keeping a prospect off the 40-man roster at a young age, at the age of, say, 22, 23, when he might be your top prospect, but still only in AA, it allows the major league ball club to still focus on the team they have at hand. And that was creating issues because players were not getting up in time. And it was done because teams didn't want to end up paying these players. And it was just, there were really minuscule, small things that were popping up between the owners and the players. And so the Rule 5 draft was implemented to stop this and allow... and it allows more players to see action and see the field and get onto the, and get in the major leagues, and that's where you really want to see because with more prospects and more players coming up, there's more chances to find those diamond in the rough guys who you know were drafted in the 20th, 40th, 50th rounds, and yet are still going to be top players in the MLB. <clears throat> so the Rule Five Draft: If when a player is signed, say at the age of 18, they must be added to their 40-man roster within five seasons or they become eligible for the draft. And the way the draft works, it is it is held in December and play, players must be protected. If they are not, then they're eligible to be drafted and teams can draft them paying $100,000 to draft the player. And then the rule cha- then that's where the rule gets a little even more finicky because then if you pick up a player in the Rule 5 draft, they must be on your opening day 26-man roster and must stay on that roster for the entire season. If for any reason they're dropped from the 26-man roster, you must send them back to the original team paying $50,000. Um, so it, it kind of it's not really risky. The money involved is re- really um, it's nothing to MLB owners and MLB organizations. So the money aspect of it is not really what to be focused on. What you really want to look at is the type of prospects that can be picked up. And for the Giants this year, they're going to have some really, really interesting decisions because they do have a pretty full 40-man roster. And But what I mean by a full 40-man roster is there's already a decent amount of their prospects on there, um, as well as their regular 26-man roster. So the Giants, they have a couple guys, and this is just the guys that MLB Network has, or MLB.com has put down as the top prospects for the Giants that they're probably going to want to protect, and I'm going to go over them now. So, of course, we have Heliot Ramos, the number four prospect in the Giants organization, number 85 in MLB. Then you have Seth Corey, Sean Hajili, Luis Torbio, Ricardo Genovis, Prelander Barrera, Blake Riviera, and Tristan Beck. Um, those were a lot of names there, and a majority of these guys are pitchers. Corey Hajili, Barrera, Riviera, and Beck um, are all pitchers. So that's something you really want to look at. The Giants have a lot of pitching prospects in this pool and not a whole lot of hitters. The only hitters there are Genovis, Torbio, and Heliot Ramos. And this is where things are going to get very, very interesting for this Giants team. Because if you look at their 40-man roster, there's not a, a whole lot of guys that you can kind of just DFA or cut off this. You can you can get rid of a guy like Scott Casimir, no longer available, no longer needed. He will probably be DFA'd in the, to allow for some of these prospects to come on. 
going through the 40-man roster a little more. You, Jay, like Jay Jackson was a guy who, I, coming into this, I thought could be DFA'd. He's not going to be anymore. His option was picked up. Johnny Cueto is leaving in free agency, so he won't be on the um, on the 40-man. And I'm not gonna really. I'm not looking at free agents that are leaving. I'm more looking at some other prospects and lower level guys that really could be hurt. And the guy that could. There are a few that I'm looking at now as we get to the bottom of this list that are really, really gonna be hurt from this. Guys like Jalen Davis, Alex Dickerson, Jason Vosler are all gonna have really tough times staying on this 40 man roster. And Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty is technically not counting toward the 40 man roster right now because he is on the 60 day IL. However, when he comes off that IL, he will either he will need to be put back on the 40 man roster. Um, and that that's a really interesting thing there because as we've seen from Beatty, he hasn't he's shown flashes. He's shown the flashes that he did when he when we drafted him out of Vanderbilt. He just has not taken that next step to find the control and have that command of this stuff. So he is a really interesting guy who is on the 40-man roster and who could actually be DFA'd once he gets activated from the 60-day IL. So that's someone to look out for. But going back to those guys, I think Alex Dickerson will be DFA'd in the upcoming days to allow for some more prospects. And then Jalen Davis and Jason Vossler are really, really interesting because Vossler was a guy who came up last year. He came up um, and played a little bit at the corner infields, first and third. He's a left-handed bat with some pop. Not all, He kind of hits for average, not too much, around that 270 to 290 clip um, average, but he does have a decent amount of power, and, but he never really showed it. He it, When he was with the Giants this year, he just couldn't really get going. He had those flashes. He had a couple home runs, which were nice. They were good to see, but he never really sh- fully shown it, and that's the same thing with Jalen Davis. Davis has been with the team since 2019 when he was picked up from the Twins, um, and, and I believe the Sam Dyson trade. I think Dyson was the one we sent over to Minnesota for him and Mauricio Dubon. So Davis was a guy who when we got, I was super, super excited. He had all of this power. It looked like he'd be like a right fielder, fu- right fielder of the future. He looked like a stud and he just strikes out a lot. He does have the power. He has shown it with the chances he's gotten with the Giants. He has hit a few home runs and a few big ones. It's just he's not consistent along just with Vossler. He doesn't get on base enough. He strikes out a ton, and that batting average is pretty low. So those are two guys that really could be DFA'd if the Giants want to allow more of their prospects onto this 40-man roster. Another guy who might... um, who probably could might even be traded is Mauricio Dubon, who I just talked about. He is in a really interesting position because he the the guys I'm really talking about are those quadruple A, triple A players, um, guys that were previously Austin Slater and Steven Duggar. You know those guys who haven't made an impact on the major league roster yet, but probably shouldn't be in triple A. Like they're too too good. They're like lighting up triple A, but every time they get their chance in the MLB, they just kind of flounder. So they're, they're, that's what we call quadruple A players. Somewhere in the in between triple A and MLB. It's a very, very odd state of being for prospects and major league players alike. Um, and that's where Dubon is right now. So he is another one of those guys that could be cut. Uh, DFA to make room for some of these prospects. And now let's go over and talk about these prospects that are going to need to be protected. And we're going to start off with the guy who will be protected no matter what, Heliot Ramos, the number four out, the number four prospect in the Giants system, number 85 prospect in the MLB top 100. He projects to be a great outfielder. I don't know if he's going to be playing center field or in the corner outfield with the Giants. It'll, it is still to be seen with his development in the outfield because he's still a growing player. He's still pretty young. I think he's only 22 years old. So he still can kind of grow into his body a little more, and that could shift him to a corner outfield spot because of his speed. With that, though, 
Ramos will be protected because he will be making his debut in 2022. It was really iffy if he made his debut, debut this last year. The Giants had a very good outfield, which is very surprising because they have not had a good outfield since maybe they won the World Series back in 2014. Um, and even then, that wasn't an amazing outfield. That was just a solid outfield. So the Giants do need outfield prospects. Heliot Ramos is the top one we've got, and he will be protected, and he will probably come up sometime this season. He will. Last year, I was saying that Ramos might break out with the team out of spring training. That was some wishful thinking with the way I thought the season was going to go. After this last season, I don't think Ramos will be called up until... June or July, maybe, depending on how things are going, but he still is someone you need to, be, you need to protect because he is part of the plan for the future. You don't want to lose this guy in the Rule 5 draft. And then there were some really interesting guys. And the next two guys I'm going to talk about are Seth Corey and Sean Hajili, the previous top two pitching prospects in the Giants organization. Seth Corey was the number one pitching um, prospect last year, and then this year he fell off, and Kyle Harrison took that role because Harrison just had an amazing um, amazing season with the single-A Giants. And and with that season that Harrison had, it kind of ups, absurd, um, it upsurred Corey from that number one pitching prospect um, position in the Giants organization, and he, the command stuff has really kind of been eye-opening for for Corey because he has the stuff as a lefty. He 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 projects to be a pretty good starter, but if he can't get the command and those walks down, then that that is going to create issues. And with the Giants, I really don't know if Corey is going to be protected because Corey is this really interesting player where you can protect him and use him as trade bait. Or if you want to cut your losses, you can kind of cut him off here and see how he does because you do kind of get him back if he's not kept on a roster all season. So Corey is in this really weird limbo because he did not have a good season last year um, and is still maybe two or three years away from fully putting it together for the Giants. So I don't know if they really want to hold on to a guy who, when they have other pitchers coming through the ranks that are doing just as well, if not better than him, like you got guys like Ryan Murphy and um, Kyle Harrison who are just absolutely lighting up the lower minor league levels. And along with all the other Giants minor league pitchers, the Giant, the single-A Giants and the high single-A um, Eugene Emeralds were two of the be- had two of the best um, rotations in both of their respective leagues because the Giants' starting pitcher pro- starting pitching prospects there did so well. So Corey, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I don't think he's going to be protected, and it's going to be it might get some backlash from the Giants' uh, fans, but I think you need to understand that I don't think he really projects into any Giants' future plans. Like I don't know how he kind of does that. Um, you already have Harrison, who is a lefty, and Harrison has shown that he is better. You got guys like Ryan Murphy, who are righties, and then there are other guys down in the minor leagues that are still very, very good and young who can make an impact. So I don't, I just don't think Corey will be protected by the Giants. That being said, Sean Hajili, who is the number 13 ranked prospect for the Giants, two below Corey, I think he will be protected. We saw Hajili make it all the way up into Triple A this season, and I don't think that is a player the Giants are going to want to get rid of yet. Hajili has shown a lot more promise than Corey in his development so far. Corey might be the more pol- he might have the better stuff of the two, but Hajili has been just so much more polished. Yes, he did not pitch well when he was in Triple A this season, but that was when in the middle of the season when he got pulled up to Triple A, and it was his first season there. Um, so we still kind of got, I would, at this point, I'd rather give more time to developing Hajili than I would to Corey. Hajili seems like he's only a year or two away from the major leagues. Corey seems like he's another two to three years, and I'm personally not ready to wait for that when the Giants kind of, the Giants window is opening up now. Like in 2023, that's when I predict the Giants, um, 
dynasty window will officially open. So keeping a guy like Hajili around makes sense because he's better kind of in this short-term future and Corey's going to take a little while to develop and do you really want to waste a 40-man roster spot on a guy like Seth Corey who won't be seeing the majors for quite a while? Um, the guys the Giants protected last year were guys like Camilio Duvall and Gregory Santos and we saw them make the roster this year um, because of how good they were in the minor leagues as relievers. As relievers, it's so much easier to get pulled up with as a starter, I just don't see it. So I don't think Corey will be protected. I think Hajili will. And now I think the Giants will probably protect two more of these players. And this is where it gets very, very interesting. Um, because the guy who I really want to protect is Prelander Barreria. Um, he was one of the pitchers down in uh, the single A Giants team. And he was very, very good this season. One of the better pitchers on that team. But as I said, the all five starting pitchers for both low single A and high single A for the Giants organization were great. Um, and he was he's a guy, he's a younger guy who I think the Giants are going to want to look at more and really develop him as a starting pitcher. He is a righty, and I think he's going to be very, very solid for the Giants in the future. And so having a guy like Barreria, who's a little bit younger than Corey and has just shown more promise in the little bit of outing he's had, I think he's someone that the Giants are going to rather protect because he pro he projects more to be a future starter for this Giants team rather than Corey because, again, Barreria is only maybe two years away and he, his two years away are a lot closer than Corey's two years away because he hasn't had as much of the control issues. Yeah, he did have 53 walks this past season to 135 strikeouts, which is quite a lot. But again, when you have that high of strikeout stuff, you can work on the command. And I think that is something that is going to be improved on by Barreria in the upcoming seasons. So I don't, I think he will be protected. Blake Riviera and Tristan Beck, I don't think will be. I think both of them are going to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Tristan Beck, if I remember correctly, we got him in the trade with the Mets this um, over the past season. When Who did we send the Mets? No, it was with the Braves. I'm sorry. We got Tristan Beck from the Braves in the Melanson trade. That's what it was. Um, and so that's an, he's an interesting guy to keep around. Um, I just don't think the Giants will. And same with Blake Riviera. I just don't think the Giants are going to keep these guys around just because they're so far away. And I'd be, I'd really be interested to see if either of those guys got picked up. I think Beck had a has a higher chance than Riviera to be picked up by an MLB team um, if they want to. But I just don't think he would be. If anyone, it would be a team rebuilding like the um, Royal, not the Royals, or the Orioles, that's what I meant to say, a team rebuilding like the Orioles, or maybe even the Diamondbacks, who kind of need young pitchers, and are just kind of, are willing to take waivers on anyone. The Orioles are willing to take waivers on, on anyone, and I bet they're the guy, they're the people that will sign Seth Corey. When you're a team that ha is running out Matt Harvey in the year 2021, you need pitching prospects. So I think Seth Corey, if I'm just gonna make a prediction now, if he's not protected, which I don't think he will be, he will be picked up by the Orioles. Now, that leaves two other players I have yet to talk about, Luis Torbio and Ricardo Genoves. And, okay, Torbio, I think, will be protected. I don't see how he, he won't, because Torbio is interesting. He's a first and third baseman who has some pretty decent pop in his bat, and I think he's going to, the Giants are going to want to take a little bit of a longer look at him. They're not kind of ready to give up on this um, player yet. He's a pretty good defender, and he's got you know, decent power, decent pop, which is all fine and dandy. So I think the Giants are going to go ahead and keep Torbio around and they might keep him around just for trade bait, just because he's a guy where he might not fit into the Giants plans at first and third base going forward. 
um, just due to the other prospects they kind of have in those positions and around, or even players they might be able to get in free agency. So Torbio is a really interesting player. I think the Giants are going to keep him, but I think they keep him more just for the fact that he is really good trade bait than anything else. That, that might sound odd to say, but he really is. Like He might be the best trade bait the Giants have in the farm system that really wouldn't affect the um, team all, all too much. The only other player I'm really seeing in the prospect list as I'm looking over it who has maybe as much trade bait as Torbio would be Will Wilson the shortstop who we got from the Angels when we when we took over Zach Cozart's contract just to eat all of it so they could get money off their books to sign Anthony Rendon in the 2020 offseason. Um, so Torbio, I think, will end up being protected just because of that reason. He is the best trade bait the Giants have, and he should be protected because of that. Now, this is the really, this is another interesting guy, Ricardo Genovis. Um, if Posey doesn't retire, he's not even, there's not even a second question if he's protected. He is just getting, he would not be protected if Posey didn't retire. We wouldn't need him really. Um, and then now we're in an interesting spot. Now you're in the interesting spot because the Giants have Joey Bart on the 40-man roster and Kasali looks like he will be coming back to probably be the backup slash maybe split off 50-50. I don't know how him and Bart are fully going to do it, but Genovis provides good depth that you kind of want at the AAA level. Um, the, he was moved up this season when Bart was kind of being moved from AAA to taxi squad to the MLB roster for those few weeks. Genovis was the guy they brought up all the way from high single A into AAA. So they, they definitely saw something with him because they decided to promote him all the way up to become the AAA starting catcher. And he is a pretty solid prospect, if I'm being honest. There's nothing too, too... Um, there's nothing that jumps off the page and goes, wow, he is very, very good. There's nothing that goes like that, but he's just solid. And I think it's a guy the Giants are going to look to try to keep around just to have that extra depth at catcher because catcher is a position where you can never have too much depth and the Giants really could be using more of it with Posey leaving now. And now you're having to promote Bart into a more prominent role and Bailey is still being trained up. So, so I think with that, I think Genovis will be protected. I really do. It's interesting because he's not the highest prospect. Uh, let's check this again. He is the Giants' number 18 prospect. So he he cracks the top 20, but he's not really a game changer in any way, unlike those guys like Ramos, Higili, Torbio, or Barreria. Those guys could all become game changers. Genovis can't, but because of the depth he provides at such a crucial and valuable position, I think the Giants are going to go ahead and bite the bullet and protect him this season. Now, if they do protect him, that means there's going to be a quite a, a few more DFAs because that means the Giants would be protecting five players in this year's draft, which is a lot. Now, if I had to predict, the Giants are only going to protect protect four. That would probably leave either Genovis or Hajili on the outside looking in. And if I were Farhan Zaidi in the Giants, I think they would rather protect Hajili over Genovis. But watching Genovis and seeing where he goes and what his um, eligibility will be is going to be really interesting to watch because I think he's a guy that really can, really can become a quality catcher. Um, and if he can become, if he does that in AAA, he still allows the depth with Bart. And then if he does that, you might even can look at, could we trade Bart? I know we were talking about that with Posey, but then when Posey retired, you're like, no, we can't. But if you have another catcher who can do just as well as he can, maybe that does leave Bart again looking to be traded. But besides that, that is all I have for this episode of the Long Live the Bay podcast. I think that the Giants are going to end up protecting four players, those four players being Helia Ramos, Sean Hegelia, Luis Torbio, and Prelander Barreria. 
And that is all for this episode of the Long Live the Bay podcast. I will see you guys all in the next one.